listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome into the BTG studio here in Rochester, New York. This is the Beyond the Game program. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. We're so glad you could be part of this week's show, Sports Talk Without the Trash Talk. Check out our website, btgprogram.com, or give us a follow on Twitter or maybe a like on Facebook, at BTG Program. And while you're at our website, subscribe to the podcast. Also find it on iTunes, other podcast sources like Google Play, The podcast is downloaded, listened to regularly in global locations such as Sweden, England, Ireland, all places where last week's show was downloaded, just as it is all across the United States. One such place, listening last week, Monteverde, Florida, a little town, thousand or so people not far from Orlando, is home to Mount Verde Academy, Mount Verde Academy. The private school is well known for its athletic programs that attract highly talented international students. Famous alumni include Cleveland Indians shortstop and Puerto Rican native Francisco Lindor, Philadelphia 76ers Australian-born star Ben Simmons, as well as our star from Cameroon, Joel Embiid. And of course, not all the talent at Montverde is international. Louisville, Kentucky native and current Brooklyn net D'Angelo Russell, also an alum. To the many good-looking remarkably bright citizens of Montverde, Florida. We thank you for listening to the show. Wherever it is you're listening from, we thank you as well. And Zach, I mentioned the Brooklyn Nets, and I have to tell you, some people I talk to think I'm nuts, but I think D'Angelo Russell will lead the Brooklyn Nets into the postseason. Well, you're going around a limb a little bit. I'd say this might be a good time to do our NBA season picks, but basketball is the one sport which my partner here in the studio doesn't really follow all that closely. Doesn't really ring his bells. Plus, yeah. I think it's fairly anticlimactic, as most people would agree. There's only a handful of teams that really have a legitimate shot at a title anyway. Most of the experts are expecting a Celtics-Warrior final with another championship for the Warriors, what could turn out to be their final run with this current makeup of the team. And I agree with those experts. I think that's what the finals will come down to, Celtics-Warriors. I think the Warriors will win it. I'll tell you, I think the Raptors could challenge in the East and maybe the Rockets out West. And you could tweet me at Rick Benson. There's no C in Rick, just R-I-K, at Rick Benson. Or you can tweet at the show's Twitter account, at BTG Program, if you want to share your picks. I'd love to hear what you think. I'm your huckleberry. Since you already know my finals predictions, I'll give you the rest of my playoff teams. From the East, I see the Celtics, Bucks, Wizards all winning title, division titles, the Raptors, 76ers, Pacers, Heat, Nets all joining them in the playoffs. I think the Hornets, the Pistons could possibly challenge. Out West, I see the Warriors, Rockets, and Thunder all winning divisions. The Jazz, Blazers, Nuggets, Lakers, and Spurs all joining them in the playoffs. Maybe the Pelicans, maybe the T-Wolves can challenge. But again, it's really going to come down to the Celtics and the Warriors. I think most everybody agrees with that. What do you think? I'm surprised you're not buying into that 49-point quarter that the Knicks had the other night. You don't have them in your playoff team? I love my Knicks, but boy, I've learned. Yeah, I think i got to go chalk here, as boring as that is, and just say Warriors-Celtics. I'd like to see the Raptors, and you know, with some of the moves that they made, it's very possible. But I think being as as, uh, 
basketball illiterate as I am, I'm going to go chalk here. Raptors can challenge. I guess the Rockets can challenge, but it'll come down to Warriors and Celtics. I think most people agree. Lots going on this week in sports, so Zach will bring us an extended shenanigans statement. Plus, I'll share a quick thought on Dodgers fans' reaction to the miserable postseason catcher Yasmeni Grandal is having, and more specifically, a response to teammate Enrique Hernandez's chastising of those fans. And of course, we'll tell you what it is that we like this week. Thanks so much for being with us. I hope you'll stick around a bit longer. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Let's take a look back on the week that was in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics. This is the Red Hawks recap for the week covering up through Wednesday, October 18th. The Red Hawks recap being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. The Roberts Wesleyan women's soccer team rode two first-half goals by junior Israela Groves to defeat Dominican College 2-0 at home last Saturday. The men hosted the University of the District of Columbia immediately following, and after sophomore Johans Tusaim scored to send the game to overtime, the Red Hawks did eventually fall 2-1. Both squads back at it again on Wednesday, hosting Mercy College. The women got a goal from freshman Justine Charter to secure a 1-0 victory. The men won as well, defeating Mercy 3-1. A couple more freshmen leading the way with two goals from Dylan Ruiz and one from Aaron Massey. The men's golf team captured the title at the Red Hawk Invitational this past week. Roberts Wesleyan was the only sub-600 score for the two-round event, as senior Brandon Griswax was the event's low-score leader with a 6-under par 138 overall. And after defeating LIU Post last Saturday 6-1, the women's tennis team were at LeMoyne College on Wednesday, where they fell 5-2. The Roberts Wesleyan women's volleyball team welcomed in the top team in the East Coast Conference, Damon College, and though they hung tough, they couldn't ultimately pull off the upset, dropping the match 3-1. And finally, at the Bud Whitman Memorial in Reading, Pennsylvania last week, the women's bowling team went 3-7. No home action for the Red Hawks, that is, until next weekend, when on Friday, October 26th, the women's volleyball team will host Malloy College at 7 p.m. They turn around and get right back after it the next morning, Saturday the 27th, this time hosting Queens College with an 11 a.m. scheduled start time. Both the men's and women's soccer teams will be in action next Saturday as well. They'll be hosting the University of Bridgeport. Start time for the women is 2.30, followed by the men at 5 p.m. For more information, as well as finding scores, game highlights, and more, visit their website, robertsredhawks.com. And, of course, you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap, presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you know an athlete whose participation in athletics is vital to their college choice? Then consider telling them about Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We field 17 varsity sports and offer the only NCAA D2 program in Greater Rochester. Our teams have won six conference titles and reached three NCAA national championship appearances. Help the athlete you know to take their game to the next level. Visit roberts.edu. Let's face it, friends, sometimes life hurts. Sometimes we even get caught up in habits that are hard to break. That hurt can be especially painful for young people. But thankfully, God heals. Hope Church in Greece is offering a 12-week program called Life Hurts, God Heals. This program is intended to help students who are struggling with pain or addiction such as drinking, cutting, pornography, eating disorders, troubled family dynamics, and more. Hundreds of students from middle school age to college age have been given tools to help overcome life's difficulties through this program, and many lives have been changed. Life Hurts, God Heals is offered Sundays from 1 to 3 p.m. at the Gathering Place South in Rochester. And of course, it's absolutely free of charge. For more information, 
Visit the church's website, sharethehope.org, or call the church office at 585-723-HOPE. That's 585-723-4673, and ask for Jill. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. Sports talk without the trash talk. Let's get right to it, Zach. Why don't you go ahead and give us this week's shenanigans statements. All right, number one, Dodgers ace Clayton Kershaw can opt out of his contract with the Dodgers at the end of the season. Truth or shenanigans, we are witnessing Kershaw's final games in a Dodger uniform. What a game he had the other night against the Brewers. I, You know, I agree. Of course, who knows? All that time with the Dodgers, he might want to just stay there. He does have two years remaining at $65 million, but his velocity has dropped in each of the last few seasons. He's had some injury issues. By opting out, he'll almost certainly get less annual dollars, but he'll probably be able to get some team to give him additional years. And if it were me, I think I'd want the extra security. He's only going to be 31 years old next year. Seems like he's much older than that, but mm-hmm. he's only going to be 31. I think there are a number of, number of teams that would figure a competitor, such as Kershaw, would be good for at least 12 or 15 wins. I think he can get a few extra years, maybe a little less annual dollars. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, that piece of the puzzle, a guy like Kershaw, I think the Yankees might be a good fit if he were to opt out. Absolutely, and I tell you, I would love to see him pitching in pinstripes. I guess it depends on how comfortable he is there because you think the money is probably going to even out. If he stays in the contract that he has, he's going to get paid more per year. But if he opts out, he might get more years, and so he would recoup the last money. I think he stays. I think he's a big piece of what they're doing there. I think that a lot of the other pitchers that are still on their roster are even more injury-prone than he is. So I think if you're the Dodgers, you make it happen, and I think ultimately he stays there. Number two, Nick Bosa withdrawing from school at Ohio State to focus on rehabbing his injury in preparation for the NFL draft reveals how little college players care about the schools they attend. Yeah, I agree. Now, I don't blame Bosa. He's doing what he thinks is best for his future, but that school spirit doesn't seem to be there among at least top-tier talent anyway. They go to whatever school gives them the best opportunity to advance to the next level. Nothing wrong with that. But players on the lower end of that talent pool, the lower end of college rosters, I don't think they think the same way. They care more about the school than do those top recruits. So they will play when they probably shouldn't play, those lower talented players, because for them it's over after college. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, for those guys with a shot at the next level, I don't think they value the school. I don't think they value even the education nearly the same way. Uh, I say shenanigans. There are a few. You know, there's always a few that will miss games and uh, they're more interested in preparing for the draft and such. But, you know, I think about some of the players that I follow, especially uh, Bill's cornerback, Tredavious White, who I follow on Twitter. They're talking up their college teams every week on Twitter, tweeting highlights, tweeting about wins and stuff. I see a lot of them that still follow and still care a lot about it. So while I think there are a few at the top, like you mentioned, that are more interested in their career in the NFL... I think the majority are still pretty proud of their schools. Number three, this postseason is revealing Manny Machado to be a dirty player and it will cost him in free agency at the end of the season. What do you think? I don't think so. I think I think maybe the first part is true where he's proving to be a dirty player because he's done some stuff that on this national stage has really drawn him some negative attention. Um, not hustling down the line, not seeming to care about hustling down the line. The, 
the kick of Jesus Aguilar's ankle as he crossed first base. But teams know what Manny Machado can do for their offense. They know that he's generally a very good defender, and that's what they're paying him money for. I think ultimately he's going to get big money to go someplace and help them win titles, and that's all they're going to care about. Yeah, I agree with you. I say shenanigans on the statement. This is nothing new for Machado. He is who he is. Maybe I'm wrong, but you know, I give guys the benefit of the doubt. Rather than say he's a dirty player, I wonder if he just gets caught up in that moment and does dumb stuff. And I'm not sure I think he's going out there premeditated. I just think it happens. And when it does, man, he just makes a bad decision. But what it'll come down to is will the good outweigh the bad? And when you have a player like Machado where the good significantly outweighs the bad, he's going to get paid. If you're one of those players where your baggage outweighs your talent, then you're not going to get paid. Mm -hmm. But look, if you sign Manny Machado, then that dirty player is on your side and he becomes your guy. So you're less worried about those perceived dirty plays, whether he is, I, I, I don't know. Boy, I'd rather give him the benefit of the doubt and think that he just gets caught up in the moment. Mm -hmm. Now, the other night, I don't know why Aguilar left his foot there so long. I really don't. Yeah. So if he's doing a little showmanship, whatever, but not saying it makes it right what Machado did, but come on, get off the back. After his latest comments blaming teammates, the 1-5 in five New York Giants have no choice but to trade away Odell Beckham Jr. What do you think about this one? I think they absolutely do. I think the yeah. choice is you keep him, you keep Saquon Barkley and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram, you continue to build the offensive line, and you get a quarterback who's NFL capable, and you go out and score a ton of points. I think as bad as they've looked, I think with a quarterback and one or two more pieces on the line, Odell Beckham's back to being the Odell Beckham of old, and the Giants are back to their winning ways. Oh, so you're saying they should not trade him. I'm saying keep him. He's losing his mind. Oh, see, I disagree. I think at some point you got to trade this guy. I, I have no idea what the Giants are doing. I'm pretty sure they don't either. They needed a quarterback. Instead, they gave Beckham a huge contract, and they drafted a running back. Look, he's a great running back, no doubt about it. We've seen that already. And as much as I love Eli, and I respect the career he's had, it's clearly over, especially behind that particular offensive line. Odell Beckham Jr. is a child and a locker room cancer Oh, and an incredible talent, by the way. Mm -hmm. I said it last year. The Giants can finish in last place without him. So finishing in last place with him really isn't all that much different. I, I hope it'd work out. I really did. I'm a Giants fan. But he keeps acting and speaking out selfishly, disrespectfully. I just think it's time to move, move him somewhere where both he and the Giants can live happily ever after. Last but not least, truth or shenanigans, the rumored Buffalo Bills locker room revolt would indeed happen if Sean McDermott had played Nathan yeah. Peterman at quarterback this week against the Colts. Yeah, I agree. I mean, did anybody really think that McDermott even had a choice here? I know the Bills said for a few days they were considering all their options, but come on. How can you play Peterman at this point? You can't. I like the guy. I feel for the guy. I know he has some talent. If he didn't, he wouldn't be in the NFL. But if you started him this week, It'd be a morale killer for that locker room. It'd yeah. be a morale killer for the rest of that team. No offense to Peterman. Like I said, I feel badly for him, but no way you can put him in this week. I agree 100%. I don't know that there would have been an outright locker room revolt, but I think the message can start to be tuned out a little bit when you preach you have to earn your opportunities and I'll play whoever gives the team the best chance to win, and then you play Nathan Peterman. 
I like Peterman. I respect Peterman. He put up insane college passing numbers, but clearly the NFL is is a little bit over his head, and you just can't you can't put him out there. I I was a big fan when they made the quarterback switch to him last year, but he just can't do it. And as a coach, if your message is earn your opportunities, you can't put him out there. End of story. Like a guy that after a performance like that says his identity is found in Christ. I love all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Mm-hmm. If you can, if you're going to play Peterman, you might as well go sign Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, there's at least things that Kaepernick does really well. Yes, you know, and there's really nothing that Peterman does really well except work hard during the week. Pick six. Yeah, he does those really well. That's going to do it for shenanigans. But there's still more to get to on this week's show, so I do hope you'll come on back. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler, and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Rick Benson, Zach Barletta, this is the Beyond the Game program, talking sports from a faith-based point of view. Zach, to say that Dodgers catcher Yasmani Grandal has struggled thus far in the postseason be a bit of an understatement. Yeah. What was Game 3 of the NLCS over? 30 minutes? 20 minutes? Before Dave Roberts announced that Grandal would not be starting in Game 4? He'd only allowed three passed balls and two series starts to this point? struck out three times in Game 3, the last of which was with bases loaded in the ninth inning and him being the tying run with only one out. There was that six-inning breaking ball that got by him. Mm -hmm. It was ruled a wild pitch for Walker Buehler, but it got by him and let in a critical run. This all followed Game 1 and where he became the first catcher in Major League postseason history to have two errors and two pass balls, which, by the way, he did within the first three innings. In Game 2, he was only used as a pinch hitter. He grounded into an inning-ending double play with the Dodgers only down by one and the bases loaded. He is now 7 for 68 with 30 postseason strikeouts. Now look, this is a pretty terrific ball player. I don't mean to pick, but he's having a tough go of it in the postseason. Needless to say, Dodger fan is restless. Dodger fan is tired of seeing this. 
They were chanting in Game 3, calling for the backup catcher, Austin Barnes, to be put into the game. We want Austin. We want Austin. When was the last time you had ever heard a postseason baseball crowd calling for the backup catcher? In fact, when have you ever heard it in any regular season? You haven't. You haven't. If you're like me, you've never heard of such a thing. Those chants got the ire of Dodgers teammate Enrique Hernandez, who said this, It sucks that there's nothing going on in the stands. Since the first inning when Braun hit that double, the stadium's kind of quiet for the rest of the evening, and it sucks that they got loud just to show up Yasmani. He's trying his best. Catchers have a lot going on. Okay, true, but he's a professional. Driving fans even crazier was his seemingly casual reply when he was asked about the wild pitch that led in that run. He said that, I think it's driving you guys nuts more than it's driving me. That's not what Dodger fan wants to hear. Roberts seemed to understand where the fans were coming from. He didn't seem too excited about it. He said this. He had a tough night, and obviously the fans voice their opinion. They're passionate. They want to win. They want the best out of all of us, especially in the postseason. But Hernandez wasn't done. He had more to say. After he seemed to put the blame on the fans, which I don't know if for sure he was, he was, but he was complaining about the fans being quiet. He said that if they think they can do it, then go ahead, put on your gear, and go catch 99 with breaking balls that have a lot of movement. He's been one of the best catchers in the game for a while now. He's having a little bit of a rough, rough patch, which we all, as human, as baseball players, go through. Now let's be clear. Grandall's not the reason the Dodgers lost Game 3. It's pretty tough to win games when you don't score any runs. The Dodgers went 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position. There were plenty of other miscues defensively in that game. He wasn't the reason, but neither were the quiet fans. They weren't the reason you lost. As a ball player, I am sure you want to have a raucous crowd behind you. I'm sure that cheering you on your behalf. But if you don't, don't get that, you still have a job to do. Most fans can't catch 99 with breaking balls. That's why they don't put the gear on. And that's why you get paid to do it. Where Hernandez was right, though, where he's right is suggesting that all humans go through rough patches from time to time. In fact, as Christians, we should even expect them. Hebrews 12, 7 and 8 says, It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Knowing that rough patches, knowing that these things come into our lives, sometimes even as discipline, then they're according to God's will. And as such, we ought to trust them to do what's best for us. And while it's difficult, perhaps even glorify him as a result when we go through these tough times. 1 Peter 4.12 tells us that they come to test us, to make us better. 1 Peter 4.12 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. Many believers convince themselves that they've got a handle on things, that they're doing pretty well in their Christian life. But we don't really know ourselves the way God knows us. We fail to see the depth of our sin. We don't acknowledge that our trust in God only goes so far and that our joy can easily be taken from us. God sends trials to test our faith and reveal to us 
more about ourselves. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Because my first reaction is to groan and complain about tough times, maybe even get defensive the way Enrique Hernandez did and start blaming other people, I know I need God's Holy Spirit to help me see the benefits. Sure, we'd rather all probably not want to go through such times, but when we do, he leads us into a deeper fellowship with himself. And he gives us a deeper joy when we experience his care, his love, his comforting hand. Only God can bring joy in the face of such crisis. If you know someone going through a tough time, remember, this is your opportunity to be a friend. Romans fifteen seven says, Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. As Christians, be expecting tough times. Don't be surprised by them, but know that God has allowed them so that we might learn more about ourselves. He allows them so that we can also know and experience him more fully. Be comforted knowing that you are in his perfect will and that God is faithful. If you have something you'd like to add, something you'd like to contribute, feel free to reach out to us through social media at BTG Program, our website, btgprogram.com. As we do each week, we'll conclude our show with our You Like That segment. Proverbs twenty one fifteen says, The exercise of justice is joy for the righteous, but is terror to the workers of iniquity. Remember the idiot at Gillette Stadium last week who threw beer on Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver Tariq Hill? Well, mm-hmm. after the New England Patriots on Monday issued a statement saying they would help identify that fan, they have since banned him from the stadium and forwarded his information to law enforcement. The Foxborough Police Department have announced he is being charged with disorderly conduct and throwing an object at a sporting event. Hill said after the game, my coach told me, don't get emotional, don't get mad about it, because it comes with the territory. That may be so, but it shouldn't. Come on, people, grow up. You think you're a big man in front of your friends? I say you're an idiot. I say you deserve to be punished as is appropriate under law. That type of behavior is unacceptable, it's immature, it's childish. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. The New England Patriots, the Foxborough Police Department, holding this fool accountable for his stupidity is what I like like this week. What I like this week, believe it or not, has to do with running, something I never do. University of Oregon junior Justin Gallegos had just finished running a recent race. When he got a big shock, Nike wanted to sign him to a sponsorship contract. That's a big deal because Gallegos has cerebral palsy. He's now Nike's first pro athlete on their squad with cerebral palsy. Gallegos said in an Instagram post where he announced on Cerebral Palsy Awareness Day, he said, I was once a kid in leg braces who could barely put one foot in front of the other. Now I have signed a contract with Nike Running. Trust the process, and most of all, trust in God. God is good. Justin Gallego's contract with Nike is what I like like this week. This has been the Beyond the Game program. So glad you could be with us for this week's show. For more information about us, to make a donation to this radio ministry, visit our website, btgprogram.com. Lots of other stuff there as well. Past broadcasts, detailed information about how you can know Christ personally. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. Everybody.